the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal too. I didn't agree with teachers or anybody for that matter teaching my children that they didn't have the same opportunities as other children simply based on the color of their skin. People are finally getting it because the mass media has not been reporting on this accurately. It's only through conservative-leaning and Christian outlets that are actually telling the truth about the body. The books today that you're talking about, they're just much more militant and they're targeting even younger children. These kids need to hear that no one is born this way. Our past silence as the church in America has reaped these horrific consequences that we're living through now. Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still, still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news articles and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to listen to our four-minute commentaries right here on The Word Columbus on Tuesdays and Thursdays, just after 4 p.m., right before The Bob Bernie Show. This is a new time, so make a note of that. And be sure to check out all our resources for parents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on our kids. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. In the past year, many, many more parents are speaking out about the inappropriate and sometimes, frankly, obscene material available to their kids in libraries and in the classrooms. It is so encouraging that people are finally paying attention, and maybe we can halt this trend once and for all. Now, the library profession has a name for this. It's called book banning or book challenging, and generally, they do not like it. Well, why? Most of the library profession has been thoroughly indoctrinated to believe they should just accept anything the publishers send them and to do anything else defies so-called intellectual freedom. We are wondering what intellectual freedom is represented by the now infamous book Gender Queer a cartoon-like novel called a graphic novel with actual illustrations of homosexual sex acts, which parents have been finding in middle school libraries. Around the country, there have been over 80 parent complaints about this book, mostly asking to remove this obscenity from a school library. But the American Library Association wants children to view everything except what it doesn't want them to view. 
dares censorship now, and it's to prohibit the widespread reading of conservative books or Christian books or books depicting traditional moral and family values and so on. So if you ever want to get some pointers about how to take this issue on, I'm going to give you an example from the people in Ashland, Ohio. There was a problem some citizens were seeing in the content of books for children in the Ashland Public Library. Some of the books involved are, and here are the names, Making a Baby, an Inclusive Guide to How Every Family Begins by Rachel Greener, which displays naked men showering with children. The designated age range for the book is 5 to 8. Another is Own Your Period by Chella Quint. And then there's the book It's Perfectly Normal, which is a very explicit illustrated book that's been around for a while, very heavily promoted by Planned Parenthood. Another is by Gina Loveless, and it's called Puberty is Gross, but also really awesome for ages 10 to 12 years old. Keep those ages in mind as we take a closer look at this last book. It says right up front that it's inclusive and then goes on to use terms like assigned male and assigned female for actual biological boys and girls. So we know right off the bat where they're coming from, a non-scientific fantasy-based agenda where at birth children aren't actually a specific sex, they are just assigned one. This is nonsense. So, still talking about the Puberty is Gross book, after a chapter about the development of breasts in girls, you know, for those girls who are assigned female, there follows a full discussion about the use of breast binders for girls who are gender confused, who don't like their new chest. This is not only anti-female and dangerous, it accommodates serious emotional disturbance. No girl should want to do this. This is not healthy. That practice permanently damages a girl's breasts and is a truly barbaric practice. But that's some of the books that the people in Ashland were dealing with, and you may find those books in your libraries. So what happened up in Ashland? We're going to talk to one of the leaders of this movement in that area, Lindsay Lewis, and here's a portion of my conversation with Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay, tell us a little bit about your situation in Ashland, a little bit about your background. Sure. So um, I have been living in Ashland um, for several years now. Um, I grew up about an hour west of here, um, but my background is in education. I was a public school teacher with special needs kiddos for about 10 years, um, and then my husband and I felt the Lord call us to do homeschooling when I was pregnant with our first child. And so now I'm a homeschooling mama at four and I do some work on the side for a curriculum publisher for homeschool. And um, that's my background. (laughs) That's wonderful. So you've been involved with a battle in the Ashland area over the library and some of its content. So tell us, first of all, about your idea about how the term censorship is being manipulated these days. Sure. So those are some really, uh, unfortunately, deep terms now that we're talking about when you talk about censorship or even banning. Those two words are used synonymously now with each other. And unfortunately, as soon as you say those words, 
it automatically cuts off any discussions that you might have or just civil disagreements that you can have with people because as soon as you say ban or censor or even moving a book to a new section, all types of communication just ends immediately. Yes. You know, and you have been working a lot with the public library, but this also applies in the school libraries as well. Although in the school libraries, they don't have a way, a place to move to an adult section, for instance. Mm-hmm. That would be That's true. Correct. So isn't the word censorship, though, used to intimidate and deflect criticism? I mean, isn't it true that there's censorship now? And just because something is not in a certain library, that doesn't mean all copies are have been eliminated or they're not available somewhere else, correct? Oh, for sure. For sure. So, you know, anybody can find any books anywhere. Literally, they could go to other libraries or even other retailers online or in store. And censorship happens now even. Um, We have censorship in libraries now just by the virtue of where they place books. It's something as simple as deciding what genre a book is, the age, or even the topic that it covers. Some libraries even go as far as to use stickers on the spines of books to help their consumers easily locate a genre or maybe uh, a topic of a book. Well, and our concern and all of the parents uh, that have come to school board meetings in recent years, and it's just exploded, is the increasingly sexually graphic and inappropriate uh, and agenda-laden books that we're seeing in recent years. Do you you agree that that is the trend that's happening? Uh, For sure. Even my experience as a public school teacher for a while, I would definitely say that's the trend. Um, It's definitely not going down. And unfortunately, uh, we see this word switch happen too. Uh, We talk about juvenile sections and young adult section, but we have to remember juvenile is inclusive of children's books. Okay, so juvenile just sounds like a very nice term. It's very palatable, but that includes children, uh, ages zero all the way through your teenage years and then your young young adult all the way up to 18, right? Mm -hmm. Huge variety of books. But one of the most concerning things um, is that there is an erosion of a strong nuclear family uh, with one man and one woman. The very start of creation where that started is eroding. And, you know, with all of this, the agenda, it's it's absolutely creating identity issues for many children um, and bringing up topics that they don't need to be investigating at this time in their life unless their parent decides that it's the right time. So the whole thing really is there is a parental rights issue here going on, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things that has I've written about in the past, and I will write about it again in the next few weeks as we begin the school year, is the uh, what I, I think is a grand manipulation scheme between publishers and the American Library Association because more explicit material sells. Do you do you agree with that? Absolutely. Sex sells. 
books that are diverse and inclusive, um, anything that would pander to an LGBTQ agenda, that's what sells right now. And unfortunately, there's no way to hold publishers responsible at this time for what they do pander to minors. Um, And the ALA has even gone so far as to make something they call a library bill of rights. And that seems to, again, supersede any parental rights or parental authority that they have for their own God-given children. Yes. Uh, So tell us a little bit more about what you've done in Ashland and uh, what your your group and uh, how successful your efforts have been to bring the public library in line with what the community wants and parents want. Sure. So over the last few months in Ashland, we've been asking for um, the library just to move these books to an adult section. That way, a parent can choose to actually check these books out for their children when they deem is an appropriate amount of time for that child. And um, the last two months specifically, so July and August, we actually um, had more than 200 people attend um, in support of moving the books to the adult section, including submitting letters to the Library Board of Trustees here. And then in August, we had um, nearly the same number show up also in support of moving the books. And unfortunately, the library um, just recently released a statement saying that they will not, in fact, move the books and that they believe that the books are in an appropriate location. Um, And that location is a juvenile section. And the reasoning behind that is they believe that since the publishers um, have defined it or declared it to be appropriate in a juvenile section, then that means that they're going to do the same thing. Um, Instead of making their own decisions and what the citizens of Ashland deem is best for their own community. You know, that's that's exactly what we're all afraid of, is that the publishers who are making a profit off of sexualizing our children, they're running the show. They are probably the biggest supporters of the American Library Association, and they work hand in hand to uh, intimidate and and uh, set down these standards that do not reflect the best interests of children. What What do you think about that? It's absolutely true. Um, So we actually filled out reconsideration forms to give to our local library. And just recently, our library actually sent out um, letters to those patrons who filled out reconsideration forms. And upon investigation um, through several people who received these letters, we all received the exact same response. And it was a canned response copied and pasted from one letter to another, never addressing what our exact concerns were on our forms, but only citing that these books were great books because they had awards behind them and someone in a far off city deemed them to be a good book. Mm-hmm. And those were books that obviously have that LGBTQ agenda behind them. Is there anything else that you would like to add? What are your plans now for the future? What do you, or do you want to disclose that in public? <laughs> well, uh, while we were definitely disappointed, I think, with the, the Board of Trustees' outcome on this, um, we're not done. Uh, we're not going away. And I think one thing that we have learned in all of this is that Christians need to stop pandering 
and stop being afraid for standing on biblical truth. And that if we can come together, stand on biblical truth, that truth will win. And we have to be salt and light to those around us. Um, that doesn't mean we have to do so in a, in a hateful way. We can do so in a loving way, but we absolutely need to stand for truth. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much uh, for, for what you're doing, Lindsay. And uh, I ask my listeners to pray for you. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Linda. So when we return, we will hear more from Lindsay and more about what we can and should do as parents to protect our children. I'm Linda Harvey, and this is Mission America Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back following these messages. Well, friends, the school year is upon us again, and I'd like to remind all you parents and grandparents out there to keep your eyes open as the kids come home with assignments. Pay close attention to anything promoting homosexuality, gender confusion, abortion, or misinformation about Christianity. For background, go to our website at missionamerica.com. We've got lots of articles and material. As always, thanks for your prayers and support. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. What can parents do when they discover obscene, inappropriate, inaccurate books and other materials in libraries or in the classrooms, in their kids' backpacks? First of all, you have to know that they're there, so that means monitoring and keeping an eye on it and never trusting the things that the school and the library may offer your children. So this is what we've been talking about today, and as you heard me describe in the last segment, there are many, many more parent complaints in the last few years about books in our libraries, and there are two reasons for this. One is that there are many, many more gross and inappropriate and agenda-laden books, especially those that feature the quote-unquote LGBTQ lifestyle, that movement, those behaviors which should never be held up as good options for children or teens, just the opposite. But these books that we're seeing today not only do that, those that are in the middle and high schools are often vulgar and obscene as well. They not only promote all of the misinformation about being born that way or born in the wrong sex body and about anyone who opposes it always being hateful and bigoted and all the usual blah, blah, blah. They often feature, the novels feature characters that use profuse profanity. They display other negative qualities you don't want your children admiring, showing disrespect for parents and teachers, almost always as well disrespect for Christianity and the Christian witness in America. Yet, the libraries will continue to defend these books, and now this defense usually includes that this is all necessary. These LGBTQ gross and vulgar books are necessary as part of diversity, equity, and inclusion. No, 
That is not diversity, equity, and inclusion, if those are real terms that we can even grasp again today. You don't need obscenity for diversity. And it's often wrapped up in a racially charged package as well, adding in all the elements of critical race theory infused messages, which are almost always these days advocating, yes, do judge people based on skin color. It's not the same as what Martin Luther King would would have wanted judging people on character and the qualities of their character and not the color of their skin. In the lower grades, books for little children may not be explicitly obscene, but they are selling what ends up being sexually immoral behaviors. The agenda is everywhere in books like Jacob's New Dress, My Princess Boy, Julian is a Mermaid, and so on. None of us should have to put up with that. They shouldn't even be there to begin with. But it takes courage to stand up, folks, to a few hard-hearted, often clueless, secular establishment types that you will find on these library boards, that you will find on the school boards often, although, praise the Lord, we're getting more and more conservatives, people with actual concern about children's welfare, elected to school boards. And that's the very, very good news. We've been talking with Lindsay Lewis who is leading a battle in Ashland, Ohio, to wake their public library up and have them act more responsibly about materials for children. Lindsay had some more thoughts she wanted to add on to her previous comments, and so she sent those to me. And this is about what Christians could and should do in confronting these materials. So uh, she had these additional thoughts to share, and so let's listen some more to Lindsay Lewis. Another point to make to that question, um, we have been silent as Christians for a very long time, and nothing has been said about materials. If things have been said, uh, Christians have gone away very quickly um, or scampered away when they've been told no, um, rather than being committed to a cause um, and remembering that when we are uh counting ourselves as believers that we need to count the cost of being a follower of Jesus. Um, Scripture tells us that we have to count the cost, Um, and many believers just have not done that, and so they cower away uh, when things like that happen. Parents oftentimes are also of the mindset that they are very trusting of materials given to their children, uh, because why would they question what a public librarian gives them or perhaps even a public school librarian gives their child? We are oftentimes seeing that uh, parents have had their heads in the sand, so to speak, for far too long, and then we go to find out that they've been given um um, ideology-laden materials. Friends, it's time for parents to get on board this train. As Lindsay said, there is often a cost. And among the costs that you may experience by standing up to the schools and the libraries is that you may be, first of all, you may be totally ignored and you have to go back to them and then go back to them again. You may be alone. These days, that's praise God, less and less likely to be true. If you look around, you'll probably find someone else who thinks the same thing you do about these inappropriate materials. 
but you may be called names. The vicious progressive movement may say unfair and untrue things about you in the local media, and the local media will often never print or even ask for your viewpoint. But who among us can carry this burden most easily? I contend it's sometimes grandparents. But today, thankfully, we are seeing more and more parents standing up. And uh, I just remember back several decades ago when I joined others in my community for efforts to get inappropriate material out of classes. And we did have some success Um, We at least slowed the train down, but it took people staying with this over a period of a year, a year and a half, two years. And it's so important to see a variety of people joining together. It's often the Christians, but not always. You may find a lot of like-minded people who don't share your faith. And that is a very interesting phenomenon. And I think it's a great witness that we're seeing more and more today. What I would love to see are many more dads and granddads coming to the library board meetings, coming to school board meetings. And of course, as Ashland, Ohio has demonstrated, the power of your pastors being involved. Think about, friends, what's at stake. After your children have been exposed to some of these materials and have had their innocence harmed or destroyed through visual or textual pornography, it is very difficult to unsee or unread those images. Just remember, friends, just remember, God is on the side of protecting the innocence of children, of giving them a chance to grow and mature as He designed them. They need a chance to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior when they are young and to have that precious, hopeful future in this life and in the next. Just remember that with God, friends, all things are still possible. This is Linda Harvey. I hope you have a wonderful day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.